Hi, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with Christian Leaders. I am Dr. Jaria C. Audra. I'm so excited to have you all here. Sister Gooding, I see you in the chat room. Welcome, welcome. Carolyn Aljo, I see you in the chat room. Welcome. Listen, I need you all to like and share this live stream. We have some awesome leaders in here on tonight to be with us. I'm going to introduce them in a moment. But before we do, let's see if we can like and share. Okay, so I want to see you hitting that like button, hit the heart button, hit the share button, share with your friends, share with the people on your timeline. We have some great leaders and we're going to have an awesome conversation on tonight with our Christian leaders. I'm so excited you all today. My first, first, first book is officially out for pre-order. The title of it is Dig Deep, Daily Guide to Becoming an Effective Christian Leader. This book has been about two years in the making, and I thank God it has been nothing but God that has brought me through and has given me uh, the ability to even write this book. I thank God that he's just so wonderful and so amazing. Never in my life would I have imagined that I would be authoring a book. So I bless God for all the great and wonderful things that he has done. Come on, continue to come in, continue to join our live stream on tonight. We've got some great guest leaders, Minister Frankie Thompson, Reverend Lisa Clayton is here with us. These are some awesome people of God. They're gonna just impart their Christian leadership and wisdom into you all on tonight. We are so excited to be sharing with you. So make sure that you share with others so others can see Okay, so again, thank you all for joining us for our first Dig Deep Conversations with Christian Leaders. This is the virtual launch series for the Dig Deep Daily Guide to Becoming an Effective Christian Leader, the brand new book that is out. You can pre-order it today. Fanny, I see you, my sister. Thank you so much for joining me. Love you so much. Thank you for being here. The book is officially on pre-order today. We'll pre-order for the next 30 days. Now, listen, for everybody who pre-orders their book between August 10th and September 10th, guess what? I will sign a copy of the book for you. That's right. So you will have an official book with an official signature from me, Dr. Jaria C. Aljo, and you'll also receive a limited edition bookmark. But that's only if you pre-order it between August 10th through September 10th, okay? So make sure that you tell your friends, listen, I get paid on Friday, so I don't know about anybody else out there that's waiting for their paycheck to come through. But once you get that paycheck, make sure after you tithe, okay? After you tithe, after you give to your ministry, after you pay your bills, if you have a little bit left over, it's only $24.99. I will take care of the shipping for the book during the pre-order so you don't have to worry about that. If you can budget $24.99 in your budget for your pay period, why don't you go ahead and purchase that Dig Deep book? Welcome everyone, continue to like and continue to share as you all come in. So I am so excited today, I don't know if you all can tell, I'm just woo, ecstatic, I cannot wait to continue having these conversations uh, with my guests on tonight. I'm gonna do a brief introduction for those of you who do not know these wonderful, amazing leaders. I love, love, love their ministry. I love them both dearly. Secretly, I'm a little bit jealous that they can sing a lot better than I can, but listen, Listen, I love them. I absolutely love them. And you're going to love them too. They've got some great nuggets for us. We're going to talk about different topics tonight, talking about letting go, talking about what does it mean to be an effective Christian leader? How do we stay motivated in dry seasons? We're just going to keep it real and keep it transparent on tonight, if that's okay with everybody. Okay. I believe in transparency. I believe in being honest. And so that's what we're going to do on tonight. So without further ado, again, I'm going to remind you, if you have questions for our guests, type your questions in the chat room, use the hashtag question, and my tech team, shout out to my tech team, Justine and Jackie, thank you all so much for helping me out. Type the questions in the chat room, and we'll ask our guests, okay? So again, continue to like and share as we move on. Right now, we're going to introduce our first, first, first guest, okay? So let's take a look at our first guest for the evening. So our first guest is Reverend Lisa Clayton. 
She has served as the first Connectional Coordinator of Music, also known as the Minister of Music, for the nearly one million membered Christian Methodist Episcopal Church from 2014 to 2018. She is also a magna cum laude graduate of Payne College in Augusta, Georgia, where she received a Bachelor of Music degree. In 2000, Reverend Clayton received the Master of Music degree from the University of Connecticut with a concentration in vocal performance and operatic performance. As a graduate teaching assistant, Reverend Clayton received the Freshman Honor Society Teacher of the Year Award, marking the first time this award had been given to a graduate student rather than a full-time professor. Reverend Clayton has also continued study at Boston University in music education and is also an adjunct professor at the Hartford Seminary in the Black Ministry Certificate Program, a program founded by former senior bishop of the CME Church, Bishop Thomas Hoyt. Currently, Lisa Clayton is a music teacher for Hartford, Connecticut Public Schools and was named the 2011-2012 Teacher of the Year for Martin Luther King School. In addition, August of 2019 kicked off her 25th year celebration as director of the University of Connecticut's Voices of Freedom Gospel Choir. Reverend Clayton and the award-winning Voices of Freedom Gospel Choir have shared the stage with some of gospel's great artists and preachers, including Mary Mary, Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole, Beverly Crawford, and so many more. Reverend Clayton also serves as the musical consultant for Miles Memorial CME Church in Washington, D.C. Reverend Lisa Clayton grew up in the household of faith where her father served as a pastor and presiding elder in the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church for over 50 years. Reverend Clayton received the assurance of her salvation as a freshman at Payne College in Augusta, Georgia. On Mother's Day of 1977, she preached her first sermon under the tutelage of Bishop James B. Walker. She was ordained deacon in 2000 and became an elder in the CME Church in 2006 under the leadership of Senior Bishop Thomas L. Hoyt and elected into full connection in 2011. She currently serves the church as the director of the Board of Christian Education for the New York, New England District and Young Adult Advisor at Phillips Metropolitan CME Church in Hartford. Reverend Clayton is from Thomasville, Georgia, and is the fourth of four children born to the late presiding elder T.A. and Mrs. Viola Clayton. Come on, everybody, put your hands and hearts in the chat room, and let's welcome Reverend Lisa Clayton. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm so excited to be here with you on tonight. And the feeling is mutual. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations on your first oh. book. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to talk to you on tonight. Amen. I see. Amen. Listen to me like I'm in church service. <laughs> Listen, we are so, so, so excited to have you here on tonight. I see those hearts going. I see those hand claps going. Thank you all so, so much. Listen, Reverend Lisa Clayton is awesome, and I love her so much. Now, my next guest, okay, my next guest is Minister Frankie Thompson. So, Minister Frankie D. Thompson III is a native of Waterbury, Connecticut. He was born and raised in the Richardson Memorial Church of God in Christ. Frankie has always been an outstanding leader. Early in life, frankly, Frankie, excuse me, quickly found his niche in ministry in the area of music. Following closely to his father's footsteps with the keen ear and skillful ability, he began directing and teaching the adult mass choir at the young age of four years old. Can you believe that? Four years old. My God, my God. Frankie is currently a member of Faith Center Church of God in Christ, where he has served faithfully for 25 years. Frankie currently serves as the Executive Director of Music and Worship, Arts and Liturgy, serving at the helm of the church's four choirs and praise team. 
In addition, he also serves as the special events coordinator and delivered his official sermon as minister in April in 2007. Frankie is not only active in his local church, but serves as jurisdictional minister of music for the India Fourth Jurisdiction under the leadership of Bishop Joseph Norfleet and also former MOM for Connecticut Second, Minister of Music, excuse me, for Connecticut Second Jurisdiction under the leadership of Bishop Hester D. Bordeaux. Frankie humbly serves the assistant, as the Assistant Special Events Coordinator for the Church of God in Christ Incorporated International Music Department, in addition to the social media and web team for the National Church. In September 2012, at the young age of 25, Frankie successfully launched the progressive company F.D. Thompson Enterprises, serving ministers full-time near and far in the area of marketing, business management, and ministry development. Come on, you all, put your hands together, put the claps in the chat room, put the hearts in the chat room for Minister Frankie D. Thompson. Here he is, here he is. Frankie, 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 how are you? I'm well. We're getting a little bit of feedback there, so I'm just going to mute you for a hot second and see. There we go. Perfect. I think I think we're good there. How are you tonight? I'm well. All is well. How are you? I'm excited to be here. So excited to see you here. I see the hand claps going. Javante Smith, I see you from Connecticut Second Choir. Okay, so we know how Frankie does with the choir. Okay, yeah. that's why I had him come on here. Because listen, both Frankie right. and Lisa serve in the spirit of excellence. And that's one of the things that I love the absolute most about them. All right, so continue to like and share. We're going to go to some of our questions here. Uh, let's take a look. If you have any questions, if you have any, any questions at all, please, please, please feel free to write them in the chat room. We will make sure that we get those questions to our guests. And if you are just joining us, this is Dig Deep Conversations with Christian Leaders. It is the virtual book launch series for my brand new book that's coming out called Dig Deep daily guide to becoming an effective christian leader thank you all so much i know y'all are praying for me thank you thank you so much listen the first thing i want to talk to you all about is when you think of effective christian leadership what what do you think of like when you hear the phrase effective christian leadership well i'll come right in when i think of, of the term effective Christian leadership. One of the things I think about is um, a leader has to have the ability to push the people around them, to, to help them find their, as Frankie said, niche in life and help them find their place and uh, help them to, to get there and expand upon what uh, God has already given them, help them to see what's the gifts that are inside of them. That's one of the things uh, that I think of when I think of an effective leader. Frankie, what about you when you think of an effective leader? Like, what's one thing that you think of? One thing that I think of is uh, someone who is secure within their own leadership. Right. Um, you cannot be uh, a leader to any degree, I would say, and, and be uh, intimidated, if you will, by those who are assisting you, uh, whether it's a vision, a goal, what have you. Um, but you need to be secure within the leader, you know, that you are so that you can be effective in your leadership along with uh, those you serve. Um, I often say that leadership is something that uh, divides the tasks and multiplies the success. So in order okay. to be effective, you need to be able to, you know, divide things uh, accordingly. And as I said, be secure with yourself, within yourself. I love that. I absolutely love that dividing the tasks. So I think a lot of times, as leaders, it's difficult. You know, I can only speak for myself. Sometimes it's difficult for me to delegate tasks, right? I have a bit of a perfectionist syndrome and I constantly want to have my hand in everything, knowing that I should be delegating to others. Um, Frankie, can you talk to me about how you know who to delegate to and who needs a little bit of a push, a little bit of kind of sort of smoothing out the rough edges in order for you to kind of start giving them more responsibility and leadership? Well, firstly, it's important for you to know, um, as the word says, know them that labor among you. So, you know, as you are 
creating your team, creating your staff, your board, what have you, it's important to know their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, I, I find that many times, you know, within leadership, ministry, whatever it is, many people will pull on their friends or pull on their family. Um, and so I may know you, but you're not qualified. So I'm putting you now in this position and I'm expecting you to uh, to meet an obligation that you're unqualified to meet. Um, so I think it's very important for you to to know um, what this person is capable of, whether that is um, you, you know, previously working with them, you, um, you know, sort of examining them, if you will, um, knowing that they've done certain jobs or, or, or projects, what have you. Um, in the past, you, you have to know them. You have to know what they're capable of doing, what they're incapable of doing, and then create your team from there in order to be effective. Thank you. And I hope you all don't, please excuse me by calling you by your first names. Listen, like I said, this, I want to be totally transparent tonight. So if we can get rid of the titles tonight and just call, I mean, no disrespect whatsoever. Um, I'm never called me Frankie. <laughs> okay. I hear you loud and clear. I hear you. <laughs> So, Lisa, can you just put, you know, piggybacking off of that, have you ever had an experience where you've put someone that's a friend or maybe like a close colleague, you've put them over something and they didn't really deliver to the level that you would have expected? Can you talk about how you deal with that? Well, you know, um, I think Frankie is right that uh, oftentimes we do try to um, elevate those uh, around us. One of those reasons is we have to, um, when you're a leader, you have to surround yourself uh, with people who uh, that you can, that you can trust um, uh, to carry out your vision. Um, and so sometimes you might put someone in a position that doesn't have the ability. But as a leader, then either you help them and give them some hip tips and uh, help them you know, uh, become the person that you see in them, uh, give them some help, uh, give them some direction of uh, critical feedback uh, to help them grow, or, or you have to do the hard job and, and replace them, and, that, and that's a hard job. Um, have I put someone in a position where um, they, that they couldn't handle? Off the top of my head, I can't um, think of a... a um, a uh, uh, person I've done that and uh, with um, at the University of Connecticut when we select our officers uh, I just let the students select it because I just trust that uh, trust the officers and I just trust that whoever God has allowed to get those positions that God will equip them to do uh, what we need and if they can't then that's what I'm there for to help them get there Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's a perfect segue for my next question. Um, how do we as Christian leaders use our secular platforms to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, like we can't run. I can't run around the halls of Goodwin University speaking in tongues and throwing hands on people and all this other stuff. At least it's that I can. <laughs> Listen, my boss is Bishop Tyrone Black. I know that you all are familiar with him. He and I have some great conversations. We are on a mission to get people at Goodwin saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and fire <laughs> baptized. But listen, so how do you though, how as a Christian, can you use a secular platform to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? Lisa, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. I um, I count myself very privileged um, because... Uh, let me just answer your question really um, easily. It's just about the way that you walk. And it's about showing Christ in every aspect of your life. And you can't divide me being a Christian on, um, in church and then me being something else and someone else at work. You know, you have to carry Christ with you everywhere you go. So you said I can't lay hands and I can't speak in tongues, but I can speak well of you. I can encourage your life. I can't speak into your life. So that's carrying Christ with you wherever you go. And uh, I started this by saying I'm very blessed because in my secular jobs, most people know that I am a preacher. And in fact, at the University of Connecticut, they call me Reverend Clayton. Like it's listed 
that you're going to take this class with Reverend Clayton. I don't know how God did that, but he did it. Because once you're faithful to who you are, you don't have to tell people who you are. God will show them. I love that. I love that. That's so awesome. Frankie, do you have um, do you have any sort of tips on Christian leaders that are maybe working in the secular world and how they can spread the gospel? Um, as Lisa mentioned, you know, you can't you might not necessarily be able to lay hands or, you know, to throw holy water on people and that sort of thing. But you can live a life and you can treat people the way that Christ would want us to treat them. So do you have any tips, Frankie, for Christian leaders who? Mm -hmm. I, I think she pretty much hit the nail on the head. There's not really much else to be said after that. You know, we we um, forget that also to be Christ-like is to love one another. We forget that to be Christ-like is to be kind to one another. So, you know, we, we can't completely um, get the idea of, you know, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm, I'm speaking in tongues and all that stuff. No, you. I want you to be encouraged because if you go on your job doing that, you're going to be jobless. Praise God. Um, but we need to remember that, you know, to love one another, that's that's simply being Christ-like, to, to be kind to someone that you may not know, that may not be your friend, that too is Christ-like. So um, I think she said it best to just live the life. I, I say often to people that um, I believe the number one characteristic, characteristic of Christ is to um, uh, live your life in a way, or I shouldn't say the characteristic of Christ, but the way that you can um, resemble Christ, if you will, is to live the life that is set before us through Christ. Amen. Amen. So in thinking about living a life for Christ um, and thinking about your relationship with Christ, right? So there might be people today that are watching that are not believers. You know, maybe they know God, but they don't have a relationship with God. How would you describe the difference between a surface relationship with God and a deep relationship with God, a deeper connection with God? Frank, I'm going to start with you first on that one. Sure. Um, anyone who is, uh, I'll use this for an example. Oftentimes I run into people and, you know, they may bring up someone else and say, oh, you know, such and such said they know you. Um, or they'll ask me, you know, do you know such and such? And so oftentimes my response is, well, I know of them. I don't know them, but, you know, I've 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 heard of them before. I know their name. You know, I've seen them um, at an event in, in passing or, or what have you. And so because we have not uh, um, communed with one another, because we've not had interaction, because we have not built a relationship um, through conversing and, and spending time with one another, I cannot say that I know this person. You know, I may know your name. I may know what city you reside in. But, you know, what is your birthday? What, what are your parents name? Where are you from? What are your your uh, your favored? Uh, I don't know your favorite food or, you know, things like that. And so I would only know these types of things by building a relationship with the person and vice versa. They would only know me from us having time to share with one another, to learn about one another. And then our, as we do that, our relationship grows. And so as it is in the spiritual realm, um, you cannot say that you you know a God fully um, that you've not spent time with, that you've not built a relationship with. The only time that he hears from you is when you're coming to ask him for something. And that is not conversing. You are, you are coming to God, asking him or coming to him with a need, which there is nothing wrong with. But I believe that uh, as you are building a relationship with God and as you are strengthening the relationship that you have with God, there should, there should be um, a, a time of conversing. There should be something that he imparts back within you and speaks back to you as you come to him. So, you know, I, I think um, I would say the 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 relationship piece if that relationship is lacking if that intimacy is lacking if that time uh that one-on-one -on -one time is lacking then you cannot say that you have a deep relationship with god um because you've only scratched the surface as to who he is fantastic um lisa i'm gonna piggyback or take that question a little bit deeper for you so frankie talked about having an intimacy with god and having more of a relationship, you know, sometimes I feel as though, and I do this as well. Sometimes I find myself in my prayer time going through my laundry list of things that God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to work this out. God, can you do this? And I don't necessarily spend time just simply in his presence, you know, just simply mm -hmm. 
worshiping him and trying to just hear from him. So how do you build intimacy with God? Like, how can you talk to us, those of us who are watching this? Um, again, this is Dig Deep Conversations with Christian Leaders. How do we as Christian leaders build intimacy with God? We build intimacy with God the same way that you build intimacy with one another. And it takes time. It takes spending time. It takes uh, getting in the word. It takes uh, time in prayer. It takes time in worship. And that's how you begin to know because God is, you know, there's so many uh, levels and he, he, you know, he takes us from glory to glory. And just, you know, God is just not one dimensional. It's just so much uh, that uh, there is to learn about who our God is. And so when we uh, spend time with him, in the word, he speaks to us in the word and he reveals who he is in the word. And, and sometimes you can read the same passage over and over again. And every time you read it, you learn something new about God. And that's how it is when you spend time with him in prayer. That's how it is when you spend time with him in worship that God reveals, he un unveils himself deeper and deeper. And so that's how you, you, you build a relationship. You have to spend time with God. And if you're willing to spend time with God, God will answer. He, he will, he will come to you. If you're seeking him, he'll be right there. Amen. Frankie, do you have anything to add to that? Absolutely not. I agree 100% with everything she said. So in thinking of, and again, if you've just joined us, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Jaria Aljo with Reverend Lisa Clayton and Minister Frankie Thompson. This is Dig Deep Conversations with Christian Leaders, the virtual book launch series for my brand new book coming out, Dig Deep. So one of the devotionals, it's a, the book um, is a 365-day devotional. And so one of the devotionals talks about hearing from God. And so many times we consider hearing from God him telling us good things, you know, oh, you're going to get a new car, you're going to get a new house, you know, all that fun stuff, which is great to hear. I don't want anyone to misunderstand. Those things are encouraging to hear at times. Um, but there are times when we hear correction from God and specifically through our leaders. So for those who are watching who are currently leaders or want to be leaders, can the two of you share some tips on how to give godly correction with love? I'm going to start with Lisa. How do you give godly correction with love? Um, you know, as a leader who has to do that sometimes, um, it, I'm going to say it's, it's kind of difficult because sometimes people misjudge uh, your intent. And uh, as, as a person who has received uh, critique as well, um, sometimes people just don't understand how to take the critique. And so um, so in those times, in those places, I think those are times that people have to grow because if you're in relationship with God and uh, someone gives you a hard critique or, or, you know, challenges your way of thinking, then you can go back to God in prayer and God will give you clarity and help you understand um, the, the intent that, that the correction was given. Um, uh, you know, and it's never easy uh, for us to hear that there's something about ourselves that we have to change. It's never easy to hear there's th there are things about ourselves that need improvement. But in order to grow, you have to have an ear to hear those things because if every everything uh, that uh, you do, everybody always gives you praises and always talks about how wonderful it is, then um, how do you grow from that? You know, how do you grow when um, people always just, you know, saying how wonderful you are? And not, not that we aren't wonderful, not that uh, the things that we do are not wonderful, but um, you got to be able to hear when there's places that in which you can grow. So thank you, Lisa, for that. That's um, a great answer. And I think that's truly, you know, one of the things that as leaders, we have to walk a fine line between needing to give godly correction and knowing when is the right time, when is the appropriate time. 
Um, so Frankie, I know you serve in the international music department. So that to me is just huge. I mean, you have a huge responsibility, you know, in, in working with people who, you know, Dr. Judith McAllister, like things need to be on point, you know, things need to be um, incredibly very tight, that sort of thing. And so I think sometimes again, as leaders, we walk a fine line of, okay, this isn't quite exactly what I was looking for. Like we talked about earlier or, you know, and thinking about spiritually, right? Being spiritually minded as leaders, knowing when somebody isn't where they need to be spiritually. So, you know, leading praise and worship, um, you know, serving in the church. If we have, if we're over certain departments and we know that that person is not where they are spiritually, um, having empathy, you know, telling them like, listen, I understand, I get where you're coming from. Maybe even I've been there before, but how do you, how do you sort of soften that blow a little bit in talking with the person and saying, you know, you, I don't really like, how are you spiritually? You know, where are you at spiritually? Have you been praying? Have you been fasting? Have you been seeking God's face? Because we can certainly see a difference um, when people serve in ministry, when they are truly connected with God and they are intimate with God, as we talked about earlier. And when they're just, I'm going to read my Bible app verse of the day and kind of call it a day. And that's fine if that's where you're adding your walk with God. But when you serve in ministry and serve in leadership, there's a certain standard that you have to be at. Um, so Frankie, can you talk with us about sort of how you address people who may not be sort of where they need to be spiritually to serve in ministry? Well, as it relates to correction, I, I would firstly say that Correction is something that should build um, even when you're correcting, you know, someone for whatever it is that, that was done, that was not done. Um, it should be something that builds rather than something that tears down. Um, with that, I think uh, Lisa says something very key in that you have to have an ear. Um, many times as leaders we're put in a position to lead um people who are just not receptive to correction. You know, I've, I've dealt with it many times and it's just like, sweetheart, why are you always offended? You know, I, I promise you, I'm not out to get you. I'm not out to, to damage you or whatever, but these are just things that I have to do as a leader. You know, um, you, you brought up the, the, the uh, music ministry piece. Um, Jaria, you have served, um, you know, with me and under my leadership and, and you know that I'm a stickler when it comes to the music ministry. And so, um, as it relates to the music ministry, I cannot just ignore off notes. I can't ignore you, you, you know, um, improperly um, enunciating a, a, a word or things like that. You know what I mean? That That is my area. That is the area that God has called me to, regardless of whatever else I do now. Um, that's cool. But music, that's me. That's what I do. And so I have a very sensitive ear when it comes to music. Um, so you need to understand that if I am correcting you, if I am stopping you, if I'm changing something, it is not um, uh, coming from a place that I, you know, I don't like you or I have an issue with you or I want to tear you down, but you're, you're off, darling. And so I need to, as the leader, get you back to where you need to be so that we can be effective because you're hindering this flow here. Come on. I really believe that, you know, um, as I said, you know, in the beginning, we really have to consider the fact that. Um, correction still builds. Uh, although I'm correcting you, although you're in error, I'm still building you up to what I see within you, what I know that you have the potential of being and doing. Um, but you in turn need to have the receptive spirit to be able to accept what it is that I'm giving to you, to, to, to uh, understand that this is not a personal attack, but I'm trying to push you to where you need to be. And I think that's great. I think we can even relate that to... I can't, I can't with that, though. That F flat, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do it. Nope. I can't do it. Oh, my gosh. Listen, and I'm saying in choirs with Frankie, and it's. I can tell you it's terrifying. Um, but, I, but no, but I appreciate... But here's the thing. I appreciate Frankie... Um, and any any minister of music telling me that, you know, well, you're a little bit flat there. You need to sing on the note, whatever that means. You know, I, I'm going to sing whatever you tell me to sing. But I, I do appreciate um, getting that correction and just being able to receive that. I think um, right. it's it's terrifying. And sometimes at first you might feel a bit defensive and you might feel like he's always trying to come after me. She's always trying to come at me. 
But really, as you said, it's about seeing someone's potential and as a leader, being able to push someone to their potential. There's, and a, bigger picture. There's a bigger picture with all of it, you know, and, and as I said, with with correction, it's it's there. there is an element of building the person. I see what is within you. And oftentimes as a leader, and I know Reverend Clayton can attest to this, you know, uh, in any facet of ministry, many times people don't see what we see, mm-hmm. you know, and it, as the leader, it is my job to identify the leader that is within you and then do all that I can, all of my, my book smarts, all of my street smarts, whatever, to identify that and then to draw it out of you. Right. From the streets of Waterbury, what, what? (laughs) So listen, in thinking and talking about um, seeing potential in someone, who saw that leadership potential in you? Who was it that tapped you on the shoulder and said, Lisa, you really, you really got a gift. You know, I really want to pour into you and nurture you. I see potential in you. Who was that person? And who then do you look up to as sort of a mentor, whether it be in ministry or outside of ministry? Okay, I'll do it from two areas, uh, in music and in ministry. In music, I'll have to uh, thank God for, for those people who came along and nurtured me from um, from the beginning, my um, first choir director in my home church, Clifford Temple, CME Church in Thomasville, Georgia, Cynthia Rivers. She was amazing. I had an amazing music teacher um, in um, in high school. Uh, this Carolyn Henry. She was just she's a legend in our town. Um, and then uh, you know, and then at, at Payne College, um, it's a very small campus. And that's one of the things I don't want to go off on a tangent that um, historically black colleges just get right. They just have people who, who just uh, believe in you. So um, uh, Dr. Phyllis Anderson, um, these are my first voice teachers, Isaac um, Holmes, um, and then here at the University of Connecticut, uh, Dr. Virginia Powell and her husband, they were just wonderful to me. Uh, and just they all just poured into me musically. Um, In ministry, I thank God that I grew up in the household of faith, and I thank God for my father who was in ministry uh, for over 50 years. But I got the, uh, and my mother, they uh, both of them, but um, assurance of my salvation as a freshman at Ipain College, lady by the name of Reverend Aileen Scott, saw me one day and said, do you know Jesus? And my answer was, I'm not sure. And I, I think that's why God has given me a college ministry. So because as a freshman, he made sure that my soul was saved. And so um, when I moved to Connecticut uh, to go to grad, grad school at the University of Connecticut, I thank God for Bishop James Walker, uh, he, who was my pastor for about 20 years, and um, Elder Maggie Joyner uh, in Haven. She taught me how to pray all night. I was asleep a little bit. Um, but she taught me how to tarry with the Holy Ghost. And uh, these are the people, uh, if I had to give a short list, that I, uh, that I consider mentors. That, listen, that praying all night, um, I'm not going to lie, I was asleep. So oh. you know, Jesus knows my heart. God knows my heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I've grown since then. You know, I, I've grown uh, since then. You know, praise the Lord. Um, so if you're just joining us, this is Dig Deep Conversations with Christian Leaders. We are talking with Reverend Lisa Clayton and Minister Frankie Thompson. We are talking about all things effective Christian leadership. Um, Frankie, I'm going to go to you and ask the same question. Who was it that tapped you on the shoulder? You got started sort of very, very young, at a very young age. I'm four years old. Um, so who tapped you on the shoulder and said, look, look, I see potential in you. I'm going to help you, you know, mold and shape the gift that God has given you. And then who do you look up to now spiritually? Well, um, as we, we heard earlier, um, I started in the music ministry. And, you know, when I tell people how long that I've been working in the music ministry now, they say, but you're so young. I'm like, well, it's a long story. At any rate, um, I started in the music ministry at four years old. I remember um, my father, who was the minister of music at the church that I was born and raised in, 
um, Richardson Memorial Church of God in Christ, um, he would get a milk crate. And so, um, you know, I've always had an ear for music. He plays and he sings and all of that stuff, has worked with choirs. And so I've always had an ear for music, um, very keen ear and um, had a love for music, uh, gospel music, choir music specifically. So um, my father, I recall four years old, my father would get a milk crate and he would stand me on the milk crate and I would direct the choir. And so back then, you know, we had a nice size choir, you know, Many churches don't have choirs these days. We've kind of shifted things to praise teams and chorales, whatever. Um, but back then, you know, the choir was very, very strong in, in especially in Pentecostal churches. And so um, I can remember, you know, on on a Sunday morning, um, my father would stand me up on the the milk crate, and uh, originally. If my father was directing, I would stand next to him and, you know, direct along with him um, or whoever he had directing, the adult that he had directed. And so then as I uh, as the gift within me began to become developed, um, it went from me standing alongside of them to me being by myself, um, directing the mass choir of adults. I mean, no children in it, no, no teenagers or whatever. They were pretty much all grown adults. And so. Um, to answer your question, at a very early age, my father uh, identified, going back to what we said earlier about leadership, my father identified uh, the gift and the ability that was within me and began to cultivate that at an early age. He did not wait you know, until I became 10 years old and, and, and 15 and 16 years old to, to start that, but he uh, began to cultivate that gift even at four years old and gave me then opportunity to, uh, to you know, be developed in that gift and to grow in that gift. And so bringing things up to speed, of course, you know, from then until now, um, I have, have had choirs, I've created, um, you know, got uh, community choirs and, and, you know, have assisted churches and denominations and conferences and all of that stuff of which I am so grateful to God for the opportunities to do. So bringing things up to speed, um, I believe you asked me who are my mentors? Uh, certainly my, my pastor, um, give him a shout out, Bishop Joseph Northfleet here in Meriden, Connecticut, um, who is my pastor. He is absolutely one of my mentors uh, as it relates to spiritual and natural. Bishop Northfleet is one of the most integral men that I know. And so um, his life is one that is absolutely worthy of being uh, monitored and mirrored. I'll say that again. His life is absolutely worthy of being monitored and mirrored. Um, he lives a life that he preaches about. And so, you know, I'm grateful to be able to be under his leadership and to, um, uh, you know, take counsel from him, take correction from him and to, you know, um, hear God through him as he is my spiritual father and and lives the life in front of me. He's absolutely one of my mentors. Um, another one of my mentors is uh, someone you mentioned earlier, Dr. Judith McAllister. Uh, I have the privilege of uh, working directly for her and with her in the International Music Department for the Church of God in Christ. And so I'm absolutely grateful for her. And, you know, going back to what I what I said about identifying the gift, um, when it, very funny story, um, interesting story that I don't really share that much, um, but how, and if I'm taking too much time, certainly let me know, um, the way that I got the position or job that I have now within the Church of God in Christ, um, Dr. McAllister had actually called for those who would like to apply for it. And so, um, you know, of course, so many people from all over the country, you know, were applying and were uh, putting in for the job or whatever. I had no clue that the job was open. This is going back a few years now. Um, I had no clue that the job was open, didn't know anything about it, didn't hear anything about it. And so one of my friends who um, lived in another state um, sent me a text one day and said, you know, Dr. McAllister is looking for such and such. Um, you know, you should look into that. And so I said, well, I missed the deadline. So, you know, that's pretty much it for that. And so long story short, you know, um, I sent an email, you know, letting them know that I, I, I missed the deadline and, 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 you know, wasn't aware of it. And so um, the administrator said to me, she said, well, you know, we'll see. She said, yes, you did miss the deadline, but we'll see what happens. So bringing things up to speed, um, I had come in I think it was at a convention. It was at the women's convention for Kojic. And so um, Dr. McAllister and I had run into each other into the hall in the halls. And so um, she brought it up 
And so I was like, okay, wow. You know, this was in May. She brought it up and she said, you know, I see that you're interested in this or whatever, yada, yada, yada. So she said, I'll get back to you. And so um, didn't hear from her. June, May passed, June passed, I didn't hear from her. And so um, just in the beginning of July, I received an email from Dr. McAllister welcoming me to the position. Hadn't heard from her, anything like that. And so uh, because of what she was aware that I uh, do and, and am capable of and what she had heard uh, from uh, different referrals and whatnot, she felt compelled to offer me the position. And so just going back to what I said, uh, uh, identifying the gift that is within someone um, and then allowing the opportunity for them to grow in the gift. And so I'm grateful. And even, you know, after working with her for, for this amount of years that I have been, um, it is still great joy to be able to uh, glean from her in, in the area of music and administration for uh, music departments and ministry and all of that stuff. And so um, those are just a couple of, of my mentors. There are more, but those are a couple of the mentors that I have. No, thank you, Frankie. Listen, you know how I feel about Dr. Judith McAllister. I will never forget. She came to, um, Frankie does a uh, Perfecting the Levites conference. And um, she was one of the speakers. And I think I had something to do that day. And then whatever it was I had to do ended up falling through. So I said, you know what? Oh, should I go? Should I not go? And I, no, let me go. It's Dr. Judith Christie McAllister, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I ended up going to, to the conference and she's just up teaching. I mean, this, this woman of God can teach like no other. I mean, she does, we know she does praise and worship, but my goodness, she taught um, on that particular day. And then, so she got up and she sang my absolute favorite song from her. And then I'm, you know, up in worship and all this other stuff. She calls me out. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. So, you know, I just, I absolutely adore um, her. So, you know, and hearing just the stories about how she just heard about you, I think, and and gave you an opportunity um, to serve in leadership. And, it, and it's not that you had to go out and promote yourself. You know, you were walking around, you know, doing all this other stuff you know, trying to give yourself the glory or give a name for yourself or make a name for yourself. And I think that's truly powerful uh, when we as Christian leaders can just say, you know, I'm going to let my work speak for itself. You know, I do that in my professional life. I don't seek promotion. God has granted me favor on my job to be promoted the number of times that I have, but it's not because I'm trying to you know, politic and trying to connect with this person and that person. It's because I do good work and I let my work speak for itself. I want to give a shout out to Pastor Joe Poland, who I see in here. He is actually um, going to be one of our guests on next, uh, the 19th, August 19th, the next Conversations with Christian Leaders. So thank you, Pastor Joe Poland, for being here. And if you are just tuning in, this is Dig Deep Conversations with Christian Leaders. It is the virtual book launch series for my brand new book that's coming out. The information is scrolling down at the bottom of the screen. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about um, as we get close to sort of wrapping up this uh, this conversation, which has been just so great. The things that you all have talked about have really, truly blessed me. I don't know about anybody else in the chat room or anybody else that's watching, but it has blessed me. Um, so one of the topics from the devotionals in my book, Dig Deep, talks about letting go. So what are some tips that you can share with viewers who may be finding it difficult to let go of behaviors or even letting go of people um, if they are sort of newly saved or even if they've been saved for some time, it can be hard to let go of people and let go of behaviors. Can you just give maybe one or two tips and Lisa, I'll start with you. One or two tips of how you can let go of people or behaviors that are hindering your relationship with God. Uh, I have very wise uh, pastor uh, speaking to my life one day. And one of the things that she said to me, and it's a thing that I've learned to live by is you got to find your peace. And so you have to stick with those things that bring your life peace. Have stick with those people that bring your life peace as much as possible. And so um, how do you let go? If it doesn't bring you peace, you got to let it go. That's one thing. Um, and if I had another thing to offer, it would be sometimes we can't let things go because we think that people have done us wrong and we, we were right and they owe us apologies. And I, I'll just say it's okay to be right 
and only you and God know it. You can let it go. Oh, that's challenging. I'm not going to lie. That's that's challenging because it's it so hard it to know that you are right. Yes. And to just not say anything. That's how do you deal with that? You know, how Frankie, you can jump in on this question as well. How do you deal with knowing that you're right? <laughs> one little thing before Frankie yes, comes Yes, yes, yes. Please, please. If you're right and you and know God know you're right, you can leave it alone because God promises that he is the one who will get the vengeance. Vengeance is his, said the Lord. And he has always stood up for me when I allowed him to handle it. Okay. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Frankie, what are your thoughts on um, or tips to folks uh, who are struggling to let go of behaviors or struggling to let go of people who are a hindrance to their relationship with God? Well, I, I would say um, most importantly, you need to consider your destiny, consider your purpose. Um, oftentimes, those that we are connected to, uh, be it relationship or, or uh, habits, places and what have you. Um, they resemble a place that we've asked God to deliver us from. And so if, if, if you are a part of yesterday and I'm asking God to deliver me from yesterday and bring me to tomorrow, why am I bringing you to my tomorrow? That just, that, that doesn't add up. And so I think that we really have to, um, consider our destiny. We have to consider the purpose, um, that God has put within us. And then we have to begin to self-exam. Um, and, and, you know, kind of look within ourselves and say, well, does this person accommodate where it is that I'm going? Can this person uh, add value to where God is bringing me to, where he's taken me from and where he's bringing me to? And uh, many times, I won't say all times, but many times you'll find that, um, you know, and I, I know we often hear people say, you know, oh, this friendship was for a season or that was for a season or whatever. And that's very true. Um, I, I wholeheartedly believe that there are some things that are not meant to come to our tomorrow, but yet we are trying to pull it with us and we're wondering why we're being distracted. We're wondering why we're being pulled back to this place that God is not allowing us to stay in. You know, we're asking God to enlarge our territory and to push us to the next level and to, uh, you know, launch us into whatever is next or whatever, but we're holding on to this baggage. We're holding on to these relationships, these friendships, what have you, um, that do not accommodate where it is that we're going. So I would say, as I said already, consider your destiny, consider your purpose, you know, look, look ahead, uh, ask God to give you his eyes, ask him to give you his sight and to see what he sees. And then you'll soon realize that, you know, there's some things that, that is just, it's, it's not even an option. You have to do it. If you want to go forward, you must let it go. And I found sometimes for myself, so this is always a prayer speaking as you know, someone who has gone through um, the ending of different friendships um, or maybe just maybe not the complete ending of friendships, but sometimes, you know, how you just are not as close to people anymore as you used right, to be. Right. Um, or even as a single female, you know, people that I'm interested in dating, people that I have dated. Uh, my prayer has always been, God, if they're a hindrance to my relationship with you, I want you to remove them from my life. And I want you to show me that it's you. That's removing them. And sometimes it's difficult to deal with that. Um, it's difficult to deal with the fact that whether it's friendships or whether it's relationships, romantic relationships, that, you know, this isn't what God has for you. And so I think remembering that if this isn't what God has for you, as good as whatever that was may have been, that God has even better prepared for you. And so I think just holding on to this thought of, okay, you know, that was really tough to deal with. I thought, you know, he's so great and amazing and he's anointed and all this other stuff. And I thought that's who God wanted me to be with. But God is like, nope, I've got someone even better for you. You know, um, and thinking of friendships and making divine connections to people for particular reasons and for different seasons. Um, so thank you all for sharing that. Listen, I've got maybe a few seconds left with you all. I'm going to ask one final, final question. But really quickly, if you have questions, go ahead and type them in the chat room. I thank you all so much for joining us on tonight. Again, for Dick Deep Conversations with Christian Leaders, the virtual book launch series for my brand new book that's out. The information will be scrolling down on the screen. My final question before we end our live session for tonight is, what two pieces of advice would you give your younger self 
when you were just starting out in positions of leadership? And so Lisa, I'll start with you, but what two pieces of advice would you give your younger self when you were starting out or first starting out in ministry? And we'll go to you, Lisa. I, I think number one, remain humble. Um, because a lot of times when you're giving a lot, especially young, especially quickly, um, as much as you try to avoid it, sometimes you uh, can start to believe that all those things come from you and not remember that promotion doesn't come from the East or the West, but it comes from God. So uh, number one, remain remain humble. Um, and the other thing I would say to my younger self is to believe in yourself. That's good. That's really good. Believing in yourself, which I think it comes to me, it comes easier as I grow older because I, I have experienced more. I know what I'm capable of doing, but me 10 years ago, you know, 11 years ago, when I first got saved, there were certain things where I was just like, mm -mm, nope, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it at all. Frankie, can you give us two pieces of advice that you would have given your younger self when you first started out in ministry? Absolutely. Humility. I agree with Lisa. Um, I would also say integrity. Integrity is absolutely everything. You know, I, I see um, so many you know, newcomers, if you will, or, or uh, emerging leaders, that's a, that's a better word, emerging leaders, um, and they just lack integrity. You know, their, their lives are so sloppy and it's not even such a spiritual, you know, God reveal it to me what they're doing type of deal, um, but it's just so out and open, you know what I mean? And so I think that, you know, along with humility, along with believing in yourself, that I agree with that 100%, but I would absolutely say, keep your name clean. You know, don't wait until you're 40 years old and then you're married with children and a family to um, start thinking about, you know, uh, keeping your name clean and and, and, and living, you know, uh, right, if you will. But start young, you know, right when you're starting out in leadership, when you're doing these things, when you are, are being developed, when you're emerging, you should be integral. You know, you should always consider Christ before everything that you do. That what you say, you know, some relationships have to be severed. I can recall cutting people clean off in my life. Friendships that, you know, meant me no well, excuse me, meant me no, no, no good. Um, uh, they just, it just wasn't for me, you know? And so I had to cut people off. I had to um, stop, you know, doing different things and not so much that I was out there, you know, yeah, I was saved and sanctified at an early age, praise God. But um, come on, praise him. Come on here. <laughs> there were certain things, um, seriously speaking, that, you know, I just could not do. And so um, I would really tell my young self, you know, your name is everything. Keep your name clean. Uh, be integral and to all of the emerging leaders who are out there and even leaders who, you know, have, have been leaders uh, far longer than myself or, or even, you know, Reverend Clayton or whatever. Um, let's be integral. Let's keep our name clean and make sure everything that they try to say is a lie. I want y'all to be encouraged on that. Praise God. Oh my gosh, Frankie. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, being humble, um, believing in yourself, having integrity. Um, I echo those same sentiments. I would certainly tell myself that when when I was newly saved and you know doing um, sort of things that were in leadership positions in my church, I think for me, I would give my younger self the advice of not taking on too much. You know. Yeah. Be okay with saying no. Absolutely. Be okay with knowing what is it that I'm anointed to do? What is it that I'm gifted to do? What is it that I'm just good at doing? And being able to kind of take that and use that for my ministry. So I'm learning now that, you know, everything that I'm gifted to do doesn't mean that I have to do it. You know, mm. everything that I'm good at doing does not mean that I have to do it. And to circle back to what we talked about earlier, I can now delegate, right? I can now say, okay, if I put together the flyers for Crown of Glory Church of God in Christ, my home church, I don't have to do that if God is elevating me to a different position, a different level, and I start getting other things on my plate. I can delegate that to someone else. Um, but I agree with the same sentiments that you all said. Listen, thank you all so much. We've 
um, are reaching the end of our broadcast at this point in time. Dig deep conversations with Christian leaders. I thank you all so much, Minister Frankie Thompson, Reverend Lisa Clayton. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for being my first guest. Woo, we did it. Oh my gosh. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all again. Um, I want to thank everyone that was that has come in, everyone that watched, that shared. Thank you all for those of you that have pre-ordered your book on today. The official the official pre-order launch started today. Um, so thank you all so much for pre-ordering your copies. Again, we have 30 days to pre-order your copy. Okay, 30, 30 days to order your pre-copy. So between August 10th through September 10th, you can pre-order your copy of Dig Deep Daily Guide to Becoming an Effective Christian Leader. The information is scrolling at the bottom of the screen. We have on next week two amazing, amazing Christian leaders, um, August 19th, the same time on Facebook Live, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You all join us. Make sure you like and make sure you share. And we will see you then. Have a great night. See you.